Well, what a week it's been with the departure from office of our Prime Minister here in Britain, Boris Johnson. And I, I want to reflect on that. I want to reflect on his removal from office. And it's a cause for celebration, but it's also... Uh, a matter of sadness in many ways. And I want to explain why to you. Uh, a few years back, when Theresa May was Prime Minister and not doing so well, I went before the Lord and I asked him who will be the next Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. And straight away he said to me, Boris Johnson. And it was... Not a surprise or a shock, really, um, because obviously it was it turned out to be true, and 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 um, but I actually heard the Lord use these words, "My servant Johnson," and in the natural, it was a surprise and a shock because at that particular time, when I asked the Lord, Boris Johnson was in the political wilderness; he was nowhere. He and Theresa May obviously didn't get on very well. Um, but that word turned out to be true, and Boris Johnson became the Prime Minister. Now, I had great hopes because uh, Boris Johnson was the instrument God chose to bring about Brexit, and I believe that that's the reason the Lord said my servant Johnson. Now, I, I'm thinking, if I'm being honest, and I think this is potentially what could have happened, and, I, and I'll explain that, that Boris Johnson could have presided over, and when I use the word preside, I don't mean he's a president. Part of the problem, I think, with Boris is that he thought he was a president, um, and he was maybe too presidential, but he would, I believe, have presided over a golden age in Britain. Now, I remember back then there was a little bit of a prophetic thing going on that there was going to be a golden age coming up here in Britain, um, and we were going to see, you know, wonderful things. And that all um, lined up with uh, a belief uh, and, and a conviction that we were going to see a mighty move of God in the land. Now, I'm still believing for that. But, of course, things happened, the pandemic happened, and uh, different things. And here's what I want to sum this up by saying before I get into what I believe God's word would tell us uh, and show us about the demise of Boris Johnson. I believe, and I know other people believe the same thing, I've, I've heard other prophetic folks saying the same thing, Boris took a wrong path. I believe that that was God's purpose in a sense for Boris. He took a wrong path and he went the globalist route rather than uh, I believe, the route and the path that God intended for him. He, he made a choice, I believe, and I don't know entirely how that all came about, but I believe that Boris Johnson took a wrong path um, when he became the Premier here in Britain, and at some stage he took the wrong path, and he became, um, he, he just, he veered off, and I think the Lord gave him several chances. But he became what I would call uh, a Shebna. And we're going to look at that. And it's very sad for me to reflect on this because I had high hopes for, for Boris. 
given that God had given me his name, given that I'd heard those words, my servant Johnson, but you know, that doesn't mean that because the Lord said that, that, you know, Boris Johnson is completely, um, you know, he doesn't have to line up, he doesn't have to be aligned with righteousness. Uh, we know that the last words of David were that uh, he that ruleth over men must be just ruling in the fear of God. Well, we know Boris didn't do that. And as time has gone on, he has increasingly alienated himself from the position that God would have him walk in, and especially the, the humility and so on, because you, you cannot lead men outside of the fear of God, and it, and it go well with you, okay? So Boris had a chance to do a certain, to walk a certain path, and he didn't take it. So I want to look at Isaiah chapter 22, because there is in this uh, a great illustration for us of the difference between uh, what I would call mercenary leadership and authentic, genuine leadership. And we're going to look at this. Isaiah chapter 22 from verse 15. Thus says the Lord God of hosts, go proceed to this steward. Or the King James says, thus said the Lord God of hosts, go get thee unto this treasurer. Okay, now that word uh, steward or, or treasurer, in the King James and I believe other, I think the MEV uses the word treasurer. Now, it, it really is talking about in this passage, the office of Chamberlain, who was the man that was over the king's royal house. Uh, we would use the term today prime minister because the Chamberlain, the man who was over the royal house, uh, the, the king's right-hand man, um, uh, uh, the highest minister of, like, of state. Uh, but the King James uses the word treasurer, and I believe that that's a barb at Shebna. In other words, he's saying that this man is a bean counter, he's counting the money, okay? So that was part of the job, but I believe that there's a mercenary leadership spoken of here. And a mercenary leadership is a person who seeks to line their own pockets. Now, what I'm saying with, with Boris, one of the things, the striking things that came out of his resignation, that came out of... Um, whatever he said yesterday in his resignation statement was, it's all about Boris. A mercenary leader is somebody who it's all about them. And let me just read this. It says, go proceed or get the interest treasure, even unto Shebna, which is over the house, and say, what hast thou here? And whom hast thou here that thou hast hewed thee out, or hews himself a sepulchre? On high, and that graveth an habitation for himself, or who carves a tomb for himself in a rock. Now, Shebna had actually gone and purchased a tomb that was really for high ranking nobles, um, you know, men of renown, uh, men of great wealth. And he, he was so determined that his name would be promoted and exalted that he'd already purchased a tomb for himself among the great men uh, in in Ju Judah, in Jerusalem. Now, you know, this is a man who is obsessed with his own image, 
obsessed with his own reputation. And also, because of that, he's obsessed with death. You know, it's a dead ministry. And that's what's so important to understand here. This is a man who is ministering death, who is obsessed with himself and is obsessed with how he's going to be thought of after he, he dies. I mean, it's ridiculous. And it just shows the self-seeking, self-serving nature of the man, this treasurer. He is a hireling, he's a mercenary leader who cares only about himself. And I have to say, sadly, you know, it, it's so evident that it all became about Boris, and maybe it was always about Boris. And this is the problem that we have when we elect leaders. You know, when we look at um, the difference between our anointed officials here in uh, Britain, which of course really means our monarch or sovereign, the king or queen is anointed to rule. And, it, you know, there's a sense also in which you say that regardless of the competence uh, of our kings, of our queens, they're all anointed to rule. They're the only person, persons that are anointed to rule. We have elected officials here, or we have civil service um, appointed officials. And that's the difference between anointed leadership and elected leadership. Elected leadership is for a season. And a person who is elected to office can be removed. But we also have to understand this vital thing, that a person who is elected to office, they can choose to walk in an anointing. Actually, I believe that God gives an anointing to the offices of state, to the prime minister, to the secretary of state for defence or whatever. There's an anointing. It's not the same as the anointing of the monarch, but there's a there's an empowering, there's an enabling and equipping, I believe. Now, of course, if, if someone isn't a Christian, uh, they're not going to be really aware of that. They're not going to be necessarily walking that. And that's why it's so vital for Christians, for leaders, to advise and counsel those in political office that they can walk in an empowering that God will give them if they walk that right path, if they if they will humble themselves under the mighty hand of God. You know, our leaders, our national rulers and leaders, are supposed to, as we see from Psalm 2, acknowledge Christ, kiss the Son, worship Him, bow the knee, acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And so many of them don't even think of along those lines. Some of them may have a consciousness of God and a consciousness of their need to pray and so on. But a lot of them are just, quite frankly, arrogant self-seekers. And that's why we need to pray. We're commanded to pray. Pray for kings and all that are in authority. That we may lead a peaceable life, a, a life of peace and justice and righteousness in the land. That's why when you see things that are going on in the nation that aren't right, you realise people aren't obeying that. People aren't praying how they should. So go get yourself to this treasurer, this mercenary, this hireling, and tell them uh, your ministry, you're ministering death. 
Indeed, the Lord will throw you away violently, almighty man. And I think as well, you know, there's a sense there in which um, the Lord is, 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 is mocking um, him. He's mocking him. Well, you're a mighty man. Uh, the King James says, Behold, the Lord will carry thee away with a mighty captivity. So that's a different way of translating it. But, you know, the, the point being that the Lord is against this man's office. Not the office itself, but this man in that office. The Lord will throw you away violently, or mighty man will surely seize you. He will surely turn violently and toss you like a ball into a large, a large country. There comes a point, I believe, when a shebna, a mercenary, a hireling, and this is activated by the prayers of saints, folks. In other words, Christian people praying. Praying that general prayer, remove the wicked from power and replace them with the godly. There comes a point where there's a violent removal. He will surely violently turn and toss thee like a ball into a large country. Shebna was removed from office. This is Isaiah the prophet seeing there's a problem in the king's house. And prophetic people need to look into the political offices of state and identify problems and prophetically speak and prophetically pray, if you like, into those situations to remove those from power. We've already done it. We've seen guys been removed, I've seen Hancock been removed, and now Boris has been removed, and there are others on the list, folks. We have lists, amen, um, and we ought to be praying through. You know, there's an improve or remove element to it. We don't just attack people in prayer. It's not about that. We ask the Lord to speak to people, and if he, if they will harden them heart, their hearts like Pharaoh, then they're removed. Okay, so it's improve or remove. There you shall die in the, the faraway country, and there your glorious chariot shall be the shame of your master's house. The chariots of thy glory shall be the shame of thy Lord's house. Now, this is what I want us to focus on, verse 19. And I will drive thee from thy station, and from thy state shall he pull thee down. With the New King James says, So I will drive you out of your office, and from your position... He will pull you down. Another version says, I will see to it that you're driven from your post, toppled from your position with all the disgrace and shame that you deserve. Powerful, powerful words. I don't care if you're number 10. I don't care at Downing Street. I don't care if you're uh, here in Scotland in Butte House. It doesn't matter. God can reach in and pull you from your office. Okay? Now this is why the kings of the earth, this is why the rulers of the earth, fear the prayers of the saints, and try to shut the church down. Because they know once, people who know what they're doing, get to praying, they're out of office. And God has myriads of ways, to do this, to remove somebody. Um, and you know, it can happen very suddenly, very quickly. Shebna was removed. Now watch this. This is, this is the good news. And this is something to pray about. Then it shall be in that day that I will call my servant Eliakim, 
which actually means God shall rise or the Lord rises or God rises, um, the son of Hilkiah. I will clothe him with your robe and strengthen him with your belt, which was uh, probably some kind of sash, uh, an emblem of state, a sash worn by the chamberlain to identify that person. Uh, I will commit your responsibility into his hand. Now watch this. This is, this is key to all of this. He shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. The difference between mercenary leadership and authentic leadership is that authentic leaders are fathers and shepherds to the nation, to uh, the house of Judah here, and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. In other words, to the people and the nation, an authentic leader is a father and a shepherd. Not a mercenary, not a hireling, not a self-seeker, but somebody who has a father's heart towards those he leads and serves. The key of the house of David, verse 22, I will lay on his shoulder, so he shall open and none shall shut, no one shall shut, and he shall shut and no one shall open. I will fasten him as a peg in a secure place, and he will become a glorious throne to his father's house. Authentic leadership is secure. The security is in the Lord. The security is in righteousness. The security is in that place of authenticity and genuineness. Again, sad to say, Boris was driven from state and from office because Boris Johnson was removed because he didn't have that ring of authenticity. Uh, he, 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 he lied and, you know, his character is the reason people said that he was driven from office. And this is a sad thing because, you know, for leaders, character will catch up. Um, and so it's so important to be a man or woman of integrity and honour. Um, and, you know, it, it is a little bit, you know, you hear politicians talking about honour and integrity and, you know, you know, the very fact that they're politicians, you think, well, you know. <laughs> but what what I want to say is it is important that although we talk about politicians like that, although I totally believe politics is the counterfeit of the kingdom, it's still incumbent upon us to pray that we will have politicians who do have integrity. And the ones that do, we need to pray them into office. And the ones that don't, we need to pray out of office if they will not, after a period of, you know, clemency, if they'll not repent, then they need to be removed. So folks, there it is. It's all there. Very sad to see a Prime Minister go in such a ignominious fashion. Such a, you know, humiliating way and and it humiliates not just Boris Johnson the man it, in a sense it humiliates the office and it humiliates the nation and the people because you know you get in a sense the leaders you deserve you get in a sense the leaders you elect uh, when God anoints a monarch to be king or queen well 
we, we still need to pray for that person, but you know, that person is in office because God anointed them to be in office. But in a sense, you know, we elect our politicians into offices of state. And, you know, we could get into it, and I, and I don't want to get into it here because it just would just grow arms and legs at this point, and it's not really the, the purpose of my message. But I could talk about, um, you know, the fact that our political offices have really been given too much power and our monarchy has actually been given too little power. The balance between the two, which we have in our constitutional monarchy, has got out of balance. And now we do have prime ministers who think they're presidents, who think that they actually uh, run the country. Well, let me let me just say this. God runs the country and Jesus is Lord over the United Kingdom. And our monarch is supposed to be, in many ways, uh, an instrument of that. Our throne, our royal house, uh, is supposed to rule and reign with that in mind under the lordship of Jesus. Like David said, uh, the Lord said to my Lord, meaning Yahweh said to my Lord, at his right hand, of course, King Jesus, um, uh, you know, and David acknowledged that Jesus was his Lord. Although he didn't know Jesus the way we know him, um, he knew that there was someone at God's right hand, at Yahweh's right hand, and he acknowledged him as Lord. A thousand years before Jesus walked the earth, David acknowledged his Lordship. And we need kings and queens to acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But we also need our elected officials to do that. And that's not just in Westminster, it's also in Holyrood and in all the devolved assemblies and indeed the councils of our land, the local town and city councils. The fact that we do not have leadership um, that does that to any great extent is the reason our nation is in darkness and in a whole world of hurt and trouble. And that's why it's so important for us folks. Now it's one thing to hear from God and say this is the next Prime Minister or and it's vital for us to pray that God's choice will be the next premier or prime minister. But we, we can't just leave it at that and say, well, you know, God's will has been done, so-and-so has been elected. It's incumbent upon us to pray, to pray for our queen right now, uh, whoever the monarch and sovereign is, number one, kings, but also all that are in authority under the headship of our sovereign. So folks, let's get praying for our next Prime Minister, that God's choice, the right person, okay? And I believe the Lord collaborates with us in that. You know, we're, we're co-laborers with him. Uh, it's not just, oh well, God's choice, and that's it. But you know, we need to work with God, and we need to tell the Lord what we want, what kind of Prime Minister uh, that we're looking for. And I you know, we, we've got plenty of scripture to do that. And certainly this one here, Isaiah 22, we want an Eliakim type of leader, a fathering leader or a, or, you know, a father or a mother to the nation. You, you've, you've heard me speak on how the nation needs fathers and mothers. I'm talking about matured saints who understand our role, our responsibility is to be in a position of prayer and speaking prophetically into the offices of state and um, you know we, we, we're, we're maybe not 
We don't have the voice that we maybe once had. We don't have the influence that we should have. But these are matters for prayer. These are matters for us to address. And so that, our, and even that there would be mechanisms whereby our leaders would um, refer to seasoned uh, Christian leaders. I'm talking about our national leaders would um, take on board the counsel and wisdom and advice of proven men and women of God who know the Lord and who have a heart for the nation. Now, you know, we could go on about this, uh, but I just wanted to cover the Boris thing. I wanted to cover the necessity of us being in that place with the Lord that we can pray into these matters, pray about these matters. And I'm not just talking about begging, squalling prayers. I'm talking about decreeing God's purpose and will for the nation, over the nation, by speaking into our leadership of the nation, speaking into those offices of the state, speaking over them. One of the things, I'll just share this with you before I close this. One of the things that I decree and declare is that number 10 Downing Street shall always be a house of prayer. Um, and so it's so important to do that. Just keep saying number 10 Downing Street will always be a house of prayer, which means that we are making our uh, number 10, which is the the place where our prime ministers live, but also a symbolic office and, and house of state. We're really speaking upon it that it'll be a stronghold for God's kingdom in Britain, so that whoever's in it will, there's always going to be prayer there. And I believe maybe prayer groups will be set up there, um, and that our premiers will, there'll be a tradition that they pray there for the nation. I'm not saying that they haven't or that they don't, but I'm saying we want to see it in such a way that it becomes a, a thing of renown, that number 10 down Street, that's where you go, uh, and because there's always prayer made there for the nation. Well, that's it, folks. Um, uh, just a very sad, but a cause for rejoicing and celebration that God has answered prayer and removed Boris from office. Now, it's been sad, the journey for me, from going to being uh, quite exhilarated and excited that, first of all, God showed me who the Prime Minister would be, and then I could, you know, you could say, well, we're behind that and, and thinking the Golden Age is coming. But the Golden Age did not come, and that's not to say it won't come. But sadly, I think Boris took a wrong path. And so it's so important for us to double up our efforts um, to pray now that whoever replaces Boris will be somebody that God can use and will use to bring about his purpose. And we're still believing for that great end time move of God, still believing for the golden age uh, for the nation, which of course cannot happen without blessing and glory, uh, and Isaiah 60 being manifest in our land. So that, until next time, folks, I'll leave that for your, uh, your thoughts. The Lord bless you. Amen.